You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com. Still time for you to order something and get it in time for the holidays. Plus, we got a special feature where you can have a handwritten note in your order in time for the holidays, gifts, puzzles. We got coffee mugs. We got Todd's Limerick greeting cards. We got limited edition items from the uh, clothing manufacturer Sportique. Tons of items, including the calendar, a wonderful calendar. It'll be the last memory of McLovin. Two of those months in there feature McLovin. Shirtless. Yes. I know. Not my idea. Yeah, but you did it. Yes. Can I tell people what it is? Is Are we still keeping these confidential? No, you can tell them. I was at Jim Morrison cover. Yeah. And you would expect that, of course. No, and I don't look a thing like Jim Morrison. No, you do not. No. You have your shirt off, and Jim Morrison had his shirt off as well. But we recreated famous album covers, and none more famous than Seton O'Connor with Nirvana. I thought that that was, uh, that was the one that stood out. Once again, Seton usually has one that stands out. The Thanksgiving one a couple of years ago is deeply, deeply troubling. <laughs> deeply troubling. But this one, it's artistic, and uh, Seton is floating in my swimming pool with nothing on. <laughs> Still trying to clean the pool. Wouldn't be uh, the calendar if I wasn't mostly naked. Gosh, that's true. Fritzy has an incredible Billy Joel uh, album cover. That's uh, wonderful. That's uh, the, the Piano Man. But uh, the French kid did a great job, so you can order the calendar and get it in time for the holidays. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Kirk Herbstreet will join us coming up. Uh, Heisman finalist, it's Aiden Hutchinson, Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Windy night last night, Patriots beating the Bills. They ran the ball 46 times. They threw the ball three times. I kept wondering, Buffalo, just stop, just stop the run. You know they're going to run, and you still couldn't stop the run. Like, that's the scary part of this. Now, you can say Buffalo could have easily won this. Yes, they could have. But you got to sell out. If you want Mac Jones to throw the ball in these conditions, stop the run. And that's what was amazing. Here's Bill Belichick on the philosophy last night. Bill, at what point did you guys know you are going to have such a run-heavy approach? Was that the plan all week, or is that something that you no, no. You know, we didn't know what it was going to be. That's the way it worked out. On Look, Josh did a good job throwing the ball out there today. It's not easy. I thought he did a pretty good job. Not that he, you know, had a career day or anything, but it was it was tough conditions. But he, he slung it in there pretty good made some really good throws. Sunday night, the Bears at Lambeau facing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The NFC North Showdown Sunday 7 Eastern on NBC. And Peacock, our streaming partners. College football coaching carousel continued to turn yesterday. University of Miami fired Manny Diaz and hired Oregon's Mario Cristobal. And it's a lucrative deal. So they got to buy him out and then they got to pay him. Cristobal played for the Hurricanes and he leaves after a successful stint in uh, Eugene. But it opens up another high profile vacancy. So it's been a wild period in college football when you think about it. USC, Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, now Oregon. And who knows? There could be more if another coach decides to maybe leave for the NFL. Behind all of this, money. If you have any questions about how college football is doing, just look at the contracts that these coaches are signing. What Brian Kelly is signing. Lincoln Riley signed for. Whoever's going to go to Oregon. 
winning is at a premium and the sport is more competitive than ever. And schools are making tough choices. They give you about three years to prove yourself. Cristobal seems like a great hire for Miami, but at the rate college coaches are switching places these days, who knows how any of this is going to play out. And Cristobal is a great recruiter. College football is all about recruiting. The NFL is about coaching. College football is about recruiting. Got to get out there, got to recruit. Uh, Lincoln Riley just brought in his number one recruiter in Oklahoma to USC. It's essential. You got to get into these homes and you got to be able to sell your program. Recruiting is what it's all about. And Cristobal at Miami, understanding, you know, the, the, the program, the landscape there. And it seems like that's a natural hire for them. As far as what Oregon does now, to me, that's a big time job. Would they reach out to Chip Kelly? Because Chip Kelly, after the middle of January, there's no buyout. You could just hire him. Do you want to revisit that with Chip Kelly? Certainly glory days with Chip Kelly. But Oregon's a big-time job. Yeah, Paul? It's, it's, doesn't, don't you find Miami confusing, the Hurricanes, that when you see the level of talent they used to have and the way they controlled the southern half of that state, yeah. it, they could have just recruited you know, south of Tallahassee and, and owned college football. It feels like that's gone away. For, and I don't know when, when it did. It's like USC. When did it not be cool to go there? Well, you think they're getting the, the right player, and then you realize that the right player is probably playing in another state for another university. That, hey, we're getting a five-star. Okay, well, there's a difference in five stars. There's five stars, and then there's somebody else who's a five-star who is truly a five-star. And sometimes those designations are inflated, where you go, man, that guy's a five-star. Okay. And then you see him, and you go, man, probably not a five-star. Or somebody's a three-star, and then they, they get better, and they become a five-star. You know, players will talk. I, I remember talking to a, a recruiter who talked about when you're looking for offensive linemen, you know, how he would look for offensive linemen, that he wanted athletic linebacker. He, looking in high school, he wanted athletic, a tight end or a linebacker that he could then put weight on you, and then you could be an offensive lineman. He, he wasn't necessarily getting offensive linemen as much as he wanted to then take chances on that tight end could turn out to be a great offensive lineman. I could put 30 to 40 pounds on that tight end. Now, all of a sudden, I have a really athletic offensive lineman. So you're trying to recruit. Who am I recruiting and what are they going to be once they get here? And do they want to be great? You know, that, that's you know, part of the recruiting that, you know, that, that it's tricky because of who you're recruiting. Sometimes you get that guy and you go, man, he is awesome. But that's as good as he ever gets. And I think with USC, we just assume, well, you're getting all that talent. But then they weren't. They were letting the better quarterbacks leave. Yeah, Paul. In the past 18 seasons, the Miami Hurricanes have won 10 or more games once. Yeah. Yikes. Right after they left the Big East. Yeah. I mean, when, what's their last glory day? They had a 10-3 and three season with Mark Richt, and they were ranked two at one point in the yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. Then you go back to like 03, 04, 05. You know, I think when uh, Ed Reed was still there, Larry Coker Larry was there. Larry Coker. Very relevant. They were as high as one, two, or three all those years in the early 2000s. But they had a big personality as a head coach. You know, Jimmy Johnson was a big personality. Howard Schnellenberger, big personality. Um, 
They had Butch Davis, Dennis Erickson, maybe not big personalities, but they had names, uh, reputable names. But it felt like Manny Diaz was the right choice. Uh, but Mario Cristobal going back home um, feels like that's a great hire for them. But for, for me, it's the recruiting part of it. You got you to gotta get those kids and keep those kids. Yeah, McClellan. The program that fell off that always surprised me is Nebraska, like how yeah. dominant they were in the night. Was that because they went to the Big Ten and is too competitive? Or Well, I think that factors in, but I remember when they fired Frank Solich. Did they bring in Bill Callahan after that? That's right. Yeah, it was Bo Pelini for 10 seconds and then Bill Callahan yeah. for four years. Yeah. And then back to Bo Pelini. And Pelini did some nice work. Well, also, you know, the identity of Nebraska is they always had a great running back and they had an unbelievable offensive line. And then, you know, their defenses were famous, the black shirts, I believe, that, uh, you know, they they held up their end of the bargain as well. But you always thought, man, they got two offensive linemen are going to play in the NFL and you got a great running back there. Yeah, Paulie. It's hard to picture this, but could this happen to Alabama when Nick Saban leaves? Like they don't handle the process the next coach right and it gets a little loose and there's a couple eight win seasons it's hard to picture in your head but I'm sure Nebraska fans never thought that was going to happen well if you go back to Bear Bryant when he stepped down and then what happened to Alabama's football program after that yeah McClellan is Oklahoma headed that way going to the SEC they could like you, you always feel like well that'll never happen you know like to me, it would never happen with Ohio State. But then it's happened to, you know, these other, you know, what you would consider franchises where you go, man, how, they used to be great. Yeah, Paul. After Bear Bryant left, they went, uh, Alabama went to Ray Perkins and Bill Curry. And Gene Stallings had a very nice run there, about eight years where they were ranked in the top five a lot. Yeah. And it went Mike DeBose, Dennis Francione. Remember, he was hot at TCU. Oh, no, yeah. Mike Shula. No, sorry. Um, didn't Nick, they have Price? Uh, when that guy got fired at the strip club? Was he ever hired? Did he ever coach a game, though? I think he was hired, and then they stopped the hiring, and he never coached on the Was field. he Washington State? Yeah. And then he got hired, but then never coached a game there? Except for Nick Saban's first year, where he was 7-6 and six for Alabama, he has been ranked number one at some point in the season, every season since. All right, we'll talk to Kirk Herbstead. I'm going to ask him, should Kenny Pickett play in the bowl game? It's the Peach Bowl. I don't know what the upside is. Going to be a first-round pick. You know, the downside is injury. Or if he doesn't play well, then, you know, is that a, going to be a knock on him as a first-round draft pick? I, I don't know. These are questions that I think have to be asked now as we move forward with name, image, and likeness. And players taking more control of their future. And when Christian McCaffrey said, I'm not going to play in a bowl game, everybody freaked out. Leonard Fournette was not going to play. People freaked out. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau not playing for Oregon. I don't know if anybody's freaking out over that. So Herbie will join us coming up. Also, we're still, we got the I-team on this. Uh, Carson Palmer lost the Heisman Trophy key. There's a meeting. Okay. Explain to the audience what is going on in Atlanta as we speak. Paul. I called the College Football Hall of Fame, and we have a contact there who is in the know. Yeah. And the administrative assistant said they are in an impromptu meeting. She didn't say it was definitely about what, what our screw up. 
That's what we know. But I was told by this person who said, I can't talk to him in a meeting. I'll have this resolved and give you guys an update tomorrow. But that's when I said, what is to be resolved? We didn't ask a question. Blame? Update yeah. of where the trophy is? Nick in Ohio. Hi, Nick. What's on your mind today? Uh, hi. Uh, couple, uh, first time caller. Um, I was a uh, couple of things. Um, I'm from Loveland. Uh, did you ever, uh, Mason Comets, ever play uh, us in the 70s? I'm only 40, so I have no idea. Don't act like you didn't know that I torched Loveland, Nick. Did you? What? Yeah. You torched us? Yeah. Come on. You own the Tigers? Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Did you have um, uh, Did you have some player a family the Mahalics? Uh, no, I'm a uh, uh, I'm a uh, Tackett or a no no. Mahal, but have but, you heard uh, of no, the I, the Mahalics that played at Loveland? Uh, no, no, I have okay. not. All right. Well, yeah, you should check uh, with them because I've got the receipts. <laughs> Thank you. Nick. Oh my yes, gosh! Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, what? hold on. Um, uh, about the about the Heisman okay. uh, situation. Yeah, uh, you guys are Big Bang Theory uh, fans. I was thinking maybe Jim Parsons is to blame because this is uh, kind of like uh, Schrodinger's uh, Heisman. Mm, no, I could never. You know what? Jim Parsons has never done anything wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, Paulie. The Mahalics may have moved after you torched their team for 33. Yeah. They didn't want any part of being in that community yeah. anymore. Good athletes there at Loveland. And gone. They were tough. Tough. Yeah, put up 35? Yeah, I don't know what it was. You know, after a while, they just went scoreboard. Loveland was good. Those are tough players. Not as tough as the Mason Comets. Were they the Cowboys? No, they were the Tigers. Oh, the Tigers. Loveland right. Tigers. Yeah, the colors black and something. All right, should we take a break here? Kirk Herbstreit's going to join us. Yeah. I never played against Herbie's high school, Centerville. I don't know if Herbie played basketball. Centerville Elks. I remember uh, going up there to scrimmage the Centerville Elks, but I'm older than Herbie. But uh, yeah, Herb, Herbie went to a, uh, a big time. That's a big school, Centerville. All right, we'll take a break here. Herbie will join us. More phone calls as well. And uh, we're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Discover the Discover credit card, and you're going to discover the following. And well, you get uh, all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. It's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And as Seton points out, that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Fritzy B is being accused of being the heist man. What do you think? We lost the Heisman. Well, we didn't lose the Heisman. We lost the key to the Heisman suitcase. And Fritzy's being uh, referred to as the heist man. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Pretty clever. Yeah. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Is uh, Herbie set to join us there, Todd? Any minute. Okay. Any minute. Uh, let me get to George in Ohio. Hey, George, what's on your mind today? Hey, it's all Ohio today, isn't it? Yeah. Nick, George, Herbie, 
Um, well, Nick, Nick brought up an interesting point, um, your youth. I've, I've been wanting to ask you, uh, how old were you when you moved away from Zanesville? Uh, I was very young, and then I moved to Arizona for a couple of years, and then I moved back like fourth grade uh, to, oh. uh, to Mason, Ohio. No. I just wondered because uh, I used to play a lot of pickup basketball down at the old YMCA building, and I thought maybe he was one of the kids. No, uh, but I, I went in Zanesville very long. I was born there, but thank you, George. And then uh, moved to Arizona for a couple of years. Dad got transferred and then uh, moved back to outside of Cincinnati. Yeah, Paul. The YMCA, is that where the tro- the uh, statue is? No, not anymore. No. Because no. I thought, you know, it's not fair to have a statue outside of the YMCA. I wanted a better place. I wanted something like the town hall, you know, the steps of the, uh, you know, the city hall or something. Like sort of that. like Rocky. Yeah, the Rocky something statue. like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Herbie uh, joining us? Any Todd, Todd, Todd lost the Heisman and he lost Herbie. <laughs> I think he's having technical issues. Fritzy, uh, not Herbie. Yeah. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? What up, though? I just have a quick question for you guys. What does Vince Young, Peyton Manning, and Deion Sanders and the Dan Patrick show all have in common? They lost the they Heisman. All lost the Heisman. <laughs> ah, boom. Hey, Dan, quick question real quick. Uh, if you guys do the Alabama T-shirts with the rat poison on them seating, I want one if you got one for it. And when y'all going to crank up the Christmas songs? DJ Seaton, baby, let's go. It's Christmas time. You guys, Christmas songs are the best. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, are we going to do a Rat Poison Alabama t-shirt, Seton? Oh, we probably should. That's yeah, a good idea. Probably so. We'll get that out there. We got a uh, a McLeaving shirt, <laughs> a tribute for McLovin, and uh, that'll be up on the website. So if you're happy McLovin is leaving, then uh, we got the t-shirt for you. McLeaving. I love that. By the way, if you have Christmas ornaments, uh, have the Christmas tree behind me. Send those in. You guys are always great. Uh, just keep them uh, fan-friendly, viewer-friendly. <laughs> there's always a couple in there, and you go, nope, can't put that one on the tree. I like it, but can't put that one on the tree. Update the poll results, then we'll get to Herbie there. Uh, sadly, who is most to blame? You've run to the lead on this one. <laughs> Todd's still a solid second. Mark Emmert. So I'm being blamed for losing the key to Heisman, the uh, Heisman case that belonged to Carson Palmer. That contains the Heisman. You're really being blamed for trusting people like okay. Todd, Mario, and, right. and Dylan. And, and I should be blamed. It starts with me. That's yes, what Todd. you get. That's what you get. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> Rat. Kirk Street, ESPN College Football Analyst. Herbie, how is your day? I'm good, man. How you doing? Well, I've had better days. Uh, had a bad day yesterday, and it's continued today. We've lost the key to Carson Palmer's Heisman, uh, you know, the container. We sent the box back to him. He loaned us his Heisman for about a year, uh, and then we sent uh, it back, and he wanted it for the College Football Hall of Fame induction, and he has the case. He doesn't have the key to open it up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. What are you going to do? You well, can't, you can't, uh, is it too late to well, get it to him? Do you know, because you guys do the, the uh, Heisman show, and do you know if there is one key that fits all Heisman suitcases? Well, you know there's only one person that you can ask that to, and that's the commissioner of college athletics. That's Chris Fowler. So I, he, I have no idea mm-hmm. at all uh, how that works. Chris is intimately involved in the Heisman. Holy- I'm, I'm just merely a pawn. 
Paulie, can you check with Fowler or Fritzy and just see, is, yeah. is there a key that will open that up so I can get this to cars? I don't want him to break open that suitcase with the Heisman there, but that's, <laughs> that, that's my problem. You're working the Heisman show, aren't you? No, oh. no. It, the last year, it's it's um it's a honestly a blessing because we do Army Navy um, that same day, and all these years we would do Army Navy with College Game Day, whether we're in Baltimore, Philly, or in this case, in uh, in New Jersey at MetLife, and then we would leave. We go back, and you know you love to do the Heisman, but Lee and I, you know, we're in the back of the room, ask a couple questions, and. It's really Fowler and, and the four or five finalists. It's really their show. Well, we uh, last year got off of it, and we got to stay – or two years ago, we got to stay for Army-Navy. And um, first time, all these years of doing game day in the morning, never got to stay. And it's such a cool scene. And um, so, no, this year I'll be, I'll be there again watching uh, Army and Navy fired up. The uh, Home Depot show, uh, College Game Day, Army-Navy will be at MetLife Stadium. Uh, They'll be there this Saturday, 9 a.m. until noon Eastern. I tell people, if you get any opportunity to go to an Army game, I I haven't been to a Navy game at Navy, but I've been to West Point quite a few times. And uh, I've been to the Army-Navy game as well. There's just something magical about it. Um, you know, when, you, when whenever you start to feel bad about who we are or what's going on in our country, yeah. just just go and you see, you know, there's so many we positive things. <laughs> we still got a shot here. That's true. Yeah. You're, you're reminded of like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, you know, to see these guys and girls, what they're doing. It's, it's impressive. I brought this up earlier in the show, and I don't know if it happens anytime soon, but I, I wonder with name, image, and likeness, like Kenny Pickett at Pitt, what if he said to the Peach Bowl, hey, I don't, you know, you pay me $50,000, I'll play in the game. If not, I'm going to get ready for the draft that it's it's not a meaningful game and maybe the fact that we're going to expand the playoffs here soon but you know Christian McCaffrey did it what 6 years ago Leonard Fournette people freaked out you know Kayvon Thibodeau is going to sit out and nobody's going to care about that I just wonder if does it benefit Kenny Pickett to play in this Peach Bowl game um it just depends on how you're wired i I, i'm not going to try to say these guys should or should not play i am from a different generation you know like you um i i try to do the best i can you know i have four boys that are all 21 and and younger i mean i I get this generation it's not like i have my head in the sand but i don't have to agree with it um Kenny Pickett and Pitt are in uncharted waters i mean you, you say the peach bowl like we're saying the blue bonnet bowl uh that's a huge game for that school and for Kenny Pickett, who is the leader of that team. I haven't heard him speak. I have no idea what his intentions are, but to me, there's something about putting on a uniform one last time with your boys and going out and competing that outweighs, this is just me, um, that would outweigh, you just played 12 games, some some cases 13 games, um, and now you're going to say, I'm not going to play in this last game to get ready for the draft. If that's how you feel, then, then more power to you. But um, I, I think you have to look at it at a, at a kind of a case-by-case basis. The fact that Mario Cristobal left Oregon, he's the head coach of Miami, 
uh, Thibodeau decides that he's going to forego. It's not really a shocker there. Yeah. Um, but I, I would be really surprised if Kenny Pickett doesn't play in that bowl game for Pitt with the year that they've had. What did you make of his fake slide? Um, I, I, if, if I'm a defensive coach, I, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to start laying quarterbacks out and deal with the consequences because he, he clearly started to go into slide mode, give him credit for his instincts. You know, he's not really known for his feet and his athletic ability out in the open field. He's, he's, he's known for what he can do in the pocket, throwing the ball around, but he got out there and he started, as you know, he started to go down and the safeties pulled up and then he, he recognized that it was almost like you were in practice, you know, and the whistle blew and, and it was the end of a period. Uh, but the defender, I, if, I, if I'm a coach and I see that film, even if it wasn't my team, I'm going to use that as a copy to show, like, until he's down, you, you lay him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, you know how it is when a quarterback's in the open field. It's like, it's like every, a bunch of great white sharks trying to go get some chum. I mean, they're, they're trying to not just bring him down. They want to they end his day. And so, you know, I, I think after seeing that, the reaction I've heard from a lot of guys that play defense is, you know, the whole reason they got us pulling up is so these guys are going to go down. And now he pulls that, uh-uh, no more. You know, that, that kind of attitude. Why did so many people doubt Nick Saban this past weekend? <laughs> well, because we've watched them play all year and they haven't lived up to their, <clears throat> their own standards. You know, and so I think a lot of us thought, something's not quite right. Yeah, Bryce Young's a phenom. Jameson Williams a phenom. The offensive line has some major issues, not one week or two weeks, but all year they, they've had some concerns. And Bryce Young's athletic ability has kind of pulled him out where he's had to scramble to throw. And now they're playing Georgia, the one team that's been consistent all year defensively. Um, I think a lot of people just knew that Nick Saban's team, they never show up to a stadium as an underdog. You knew they'd have a chip on their shoulder. But was it going to be enough to beat that Georgia team that we've watched only team all year that's been consistent? You know, sometimes you let up and you survive a game. Georgia didn't have that. They they were consistent all year long. So it was really more of not doubting Nick Saban, but the respect you have for Georgia. And then we were reminded pretty quickly – it's still Nick Saban in his prime, standing on that sideline, still knows how to get his team ready to play in these big games. So um, we were all we, – I think we apologized on Sunday uh, for doubting him. <laughs> Cincinnati <laughs> – I, I think we, you, can count on, you can count on one hand how many times we've doubted him since 2008. Well, you were part of the rat poison. I was, yes. Yes, I'm, I'm usually part of the rat poison, giving him too much uh, you know, respect and too, too many – compliments isn't that amazing though herbie that saban rails on us if we say nice things about his team and then he rails (laughs) on you when you don't say so he's just using the media oh for sure did did a great job he did he knows and i knew i knew he was going to use that and i knew think about that alabama roster every game they play coach is guarding against complacency literally every game they play you know, he, the outside noise is Alabama's going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win. And finally, you, you saw them in the Iron Bowl. I mean, they they very easily and should have lost that game to Auburn, who's not having a great year. It was a rivalry game. They're down ten nothing, like eight minutes to go. If Tank Bigsby gets a first down, the game's over and they lose in, in the final minute of game. 
but he comes up a yard short, so Auburn has to punt. And Bryce Young in, ends up leading him on a, on a long, you know, 90, whatever it was, five-yard touchdown drive in a, really a Heisman moment for him. But that's how they looked the week before, almost stumbling around. And so it, it wasn't that far-fetched, but you just knew – he would have the, nobody believes, nobody believes you can play with this Georgia team. And they showed up. They have not looked like that all year. And, of course, they save it for the biggest stage of the year. Talking to Kirk Curb Street, college game day will be at Army-Navy MetLife Stadium this Saturday, 9 a.m. until noon. And uh, Herbie also part of the uh, college football playoff semis in the national title game, January 11th. Um, Cincinnati's chances, better chance against Alabama or Georgia? Um, I think Cincinnati has a chance in this game because of the way they play defense. And I think if they played Georgia, they would probably have a little bit of a better chance just because of the, how explosive Bryce Young and Jameson Williams can be in the passing game. John Mitchie, you probably, as you know, that number eight, He's out. You know, he's torn his ACL. He was such a, a great complement to the vertical stretch of, of what Williams could do downfield. He was always underneath on, on slants and little outside routes and just finding space. So you had to be worried about, about both of them because he was more yards after the catch. You take that away, Luke Fickle is a defensive-oriented-minded coach. He's got a veteran defense that went toe-to-toe with Georgia one year ago in, in their bowl game, and, and I think it gave them a lot of confidence coming into this year. Um, I, I think people that are, could name two players on the Cincinnati roster and probably think Cincinnati's going to get killed, I, I would be careful there. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see that. I think Cincinnati, you know, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback's been around, played in a lot of big games. Um, they've got a running back in Jerome Ford who, who actually was, you know, played big time football at Alabama before he transferred over they, they, and they're going to show up. It's going to be the shoes on the other foot going back to Alabama, always being complimented. Oh, you're going to win by 20. No problem. And Cincinnati's going to show up with an attitude. Cincinnati's going to show up feeling disrespected and, uh, will it again be enough? We'll have to see, but I see that game being competitive, um, more so than, than getting ugly. Is there a tactful way for these coaches to leave for one another job? Like, could Brian Kelly have done it differently that would have appeased more people? Yeah, I, I think um, the challenge I think people don't understand is the, the recruiting aspect of it and the timing of the recruiting. The early signing period is, is a week from tomorrow. These athletic directors, you know, they're, they're running a quote-unquote tempo offense to try to make a good hire, to get a guy to a podium, win the press conference, and then literally walk out of that press conference and into a, into a high school and start recruiting. And so there, there is urgency on, on <clears throat> excuse me, the USC side or you know, the Notre Dame side or the LSU side. There's urgency to try to make a hire because you want to get the right guy and, and, and try to salvage a recruiting class. What, what, we always focus on is how does Brian Kelly leave his team like that? How does Lincoln Riley leave his team like that? So for me, because I talk with a lot of these athletic directors and coaches kind of behind the scenes, um, you know, these, in the month, late latter part of November and into December, it, it's a little bit of a game because they want to be respectful of the coach trying to finish his season. And, and, you know, in Luke Fickle's case, he was so locked in on what his team was trying to do 
I think ultimately he, he could have had his choices of USC, uh, of LSU, of Notre Dame, <clears throat> and potentially of Oklahoma. And he was so focused on what his team was doing, he was letting Jimmy Sexton know, listen, man, I, I, I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't, well, you're going to miss out on this job. I, okay. I'm, I'm, and I really, in today's day and age, you got to really respect. He wasn't just a candidate. I mean, he was the front runner for every one of those jobs and he, and he just wanted to finish the race. So it cost him all these jobs because of the timing. Um, and, and how do you do it tactfully? I think you, you finish your regular season. If you go to a conference championship, you know, you have your agent or whoever talking to the AD, say how he's coming, let him get to the finish line. You get to the finish line. If you qualify for a, 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 a you know, the, the playoff, you go do your press conference at your new school. You start to put the staff together behind the scenes. And then you go back and, and try to finish the playoff. Like that, that's what ideally I would love to see. You imagine if Notre Dame, if there were some upsets in front of them and somehow, some way, Notre Dame <clears throat> made the playoff. Um, Marcus Freeman's first game as a head coach would have been in a playoff yeah, because of what happened. So it's weird. I, I don't know if there's a, the, the perfect way to do it, um, but, but I think the recruiting aspect of it and trying to, like in Oklahoma's case, quit the – they were hemorrhaging, you know, losing recruits. Their brand was just getting, getting lapped by the day. They they had to make a hire and, and do it quickly and you know they eventually got their guy but yeah it's it's a it's very messy uh, because and I think because of the timing more than anything yeah I wondered if Oklahoma was going to match from what I was told that Lincoln Riley wasn't going to go to LSU LSU thought they had him he went back to Oklahoma and said hey you want to match this and they said no and then somebody caught wind of it with USC they swoop in and then all of a sudden they hire Lincoln Riley Oklahoma going to regret not matching that LSU offer. Well, I, and I don't know if there's 100% truth to that. I, I mean, I, I'm really heavily involved with a lot of these guys and, and, the, and the agents and ADs. And I, I, you know, Mike Bond had the most time of it. Mike Bone had the most time of anybody, the, the AD at USC. And I think he had kind of his A list of five or six guys from, from work go, which was, I can't remember when Clay Helton got let go. I mean, it was way, way, way back. Yeah. And, he was he was swinging for the fences from the beginning behind behind closed doors, and I know that that uh, Lincoln was a name that that he was kind of on his dream list of of guys like Dabo and like huge names. And I think you know when exactly Lincoln found out is debatable and all that, and I'm not going to speculate. But I I think Oklahoma felt they did match. They they were the Sunday after the bedlam, they were doing everything they could with Joe uh, Castiglione and their president trying to say, hey, listen, listen, let us, let us try to do this. We'll get you this. We'll get you that. And from what I understand, it was more, it, nothing against Oklahoma and nothing against what they weren't doing and nothing against going eventually to the SEC. I think it was just a change. I think it was a new challenge going to LA and, and coaching at USC. I think it was just, it was more about what that had to offer than it was what's lacking at Oklahoma. So, uh, and then, you know, they went out and found a, a former assistant and coordinator and Brent Venables. And, you know, I think both sides end up in a good spot, but uh, of course we won't really know until we're three or four years down the road from now, but not all, not all of them always work out. That's for sure. 
Herbie, great to talk to you. My best to the guys, and uh, have fun this weekend with Army and Navy. I thought of you when the Flyers had that big win. And anytime UD wins a big game, I think of you with with hoops because I go back as a kid to Rosie Chapman and and some of those teams that they had. You know, I was like in middle school when those those UD teams, and I just fell in love at a young age. Don Donaher and then Miguel Knight and that group. I mean, UD's always been always been a fun brand to watch and an easy team to pull for. So uh, that was a great win. Hopefully they have a, 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 big, a big year this year. Thank you, Herbie. Good to talk to you. Safe travels. Okay. You guys That's, have a uh, holiday. Take care, fellas. Kirk Curb Street. Roosevelt Chapman played at Dayton, and he had a great tournament run. I mean, he was 6'4", but he could jump with anybody. And he had the great nickname. With the name Roosevelt, they called him Velvet. And there was something magical about him. You know, Dayton usually has, every couple of years, has a run in the tournament. And they always have a guy who stands out. And Roosevelt Chapman was that guy. Uh, Correction, the national title game, Orange Bowl winner versus the Cotton Bowl winner, Monday, January 10th at 8 Eastern. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow after this. This past year brought a lot of change to our lives. And for a lot of us, maybe you changed jobs. Maybe you thought about retirement. And if that's your situation, you have a lot of questions. Who's going to handle your retirement accounts? Do you have enough money to retire? Is your portfolio invested appropriately? Retirement's a big deal. Big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make a mistake. Stiefel has been helping clients like you manage investments for over 130 years. Your Stiefel financial advisor can help you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Plus, Stiefel clients have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you make a better decision, a more informed decision. Find your Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com. It's spelled S-T-I-F-E-L. Stiefel.com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Stiefel.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. All of that forthcoming. By the way, the last time Pittsburgh had a Heisman finalist. Anybody want to guess at this? Finalist. Finalist. Pittsburgh's last Heisman finalist. He finished runner-up. Paulie? I've got three names. I think I'm going to go with Hugh Green, the linebacker. Hugh Green, no. Oh. Larry Fitzgerald finished runner-up in 2003. The Panthers' last Heisman winner, Tony Dorsett, who was Tony Dorsett back then in 1976. 
Michigan's last Heisman finalist, Charles Woodson, who won it in 1997. Alabama's had three Heisman winners since 2009. Devontae Smith, Derrick Henry, and Mark Ingram. Seven finalists over that span. Tua finished second. Amari Cooper, third. A.J. McCarron finished second. Trent Richardson finished third. Whew. Are those stats of the day, or what? I mean, what's going on here? I was wondering that. I was actually, I was been ready to hit it, but then you sort of gave a whoo, and then you were going to move on. So I thought, oh, maybe it's not a stat of the day. I heard numbers in there. I heard a lot of trivia. Okay, all right. Okay, never mind. No, 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 no. I don't want it. No, no. No, you know, you've had a rough couple of days. Let me just. Stat of the day. Here comes that. What? Stat of the day. Jeff in Ohio joins us. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? Hi, Dan. Uh, retired detective from Ohio. Um, been called a couple times. Uh, can you give it to me in a nutshell with the FedEx issue? We, we used to handle stuff like this all the time with mail issues. So what do we got? Okay, so we have the Heisman case with the Heisman in it, and it's locked with a key. And then we mm-hmm. tape the key in an envelope, put into another envelope, and put it on the side of the uh, the Heisman case, and the case showed up. The key did not. It was the envelope was open, and we don't know if the Heisman is inside. Ooh, um, do we get insurance on it? Do you get, did anybody bought, purchase insurance for this? I. Todd, did we get insurance for the Heisman ship? Uh, not, that, not that I'm aware of, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we can always blame the lame duck guy, which is McLovin, so he, he's got nothing to lose. So we'll, we'll probably just pin it on him. Right. You know, he's, he's leaving. We can do that. Uh, other than that, we got some, I, I don't know. DNA, we usually try that. Uh, FedEx usually has their own police department. They they can look into it. But uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you, Dan. I sent you a uh, game-worn patch a long time ago. I've never seen it fly in front of you, but uh, we'll, we'll overlook that. Though. What, what's the game-worn patch? Uh, for my uniform. State Highway Patrol in Ohio. Oh. I sent you one. That's well, when you guys were having the green day issues with stay in your lanes. Um, I thought it was. You know. I, I got all of these patches. Whenever I, they come in, I, I put them up here. I, you know well, what, Jeff? I got to do some house cleaning here and find out what's yeah. going on here. So I'm, I'll, I'll see if I can find your game used patch. I said nobody was losing their job. I gave Dylan immunity, but I don't know. You know, George sends in a patch. I love the patches that we get. And if you have these first responders, uh, police department, fire department, yes, Seaton. And who handles the mail? Mario. <sighs> Piling on. Oh, I'm sorry to do that to young Mario. Yeah. Right. He did miss that shot. <sighs> Paulie, uh, this ain't sports history. <laughs> uh, a bunch of guys won Heisman's, Dan. It's Heisman time of year. In 1939, the fifth Heisman trophy was awarded to Niall Kinnick from Iowa. Mm. Halfback. Big. Uh, he was fantastic there. And then you got uh, 1975 41st Heisman Trophy Award, Archie Griffin of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And Ernie Davis won the Heisman for Syracuse in 1961. Bo Jackson won his Heisman. That's right. 1985. The next day I interviewed him in New York at CNN. 
And Bo was not a good interview back then. Uh, very self-conscious with stuttering. Became a very good interview after a while. But I remember Bo was shy. And uh, he won the Heisman Trophy. his first time I met him. 1985. Back in uh, New York City. Uh, let's see. What did you learn today, Todd? Chris Sims says, pick uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett doing that fake slide against Wake Forest made him want to puke. Uh, McLovin, what'd you learn? Uh, that Dylan uh, might have lawyered up in this negotiation. Seton O'Connor. Bill Belichick coaches the coaches. Paulie. Another long night for the I-team. Yeah. What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the range of SUVs. Intelligence runs in the family. Not here. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your support. Hopefully nobody gets fired right after this show. One more item. We close out the show. Puerto Rico, the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities, but finding the right project to invest in can be a pretty tall task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of that equation. What Impeller is, is a new online tool spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors and on-island projects looking for capital. So you can discover innovative projects across all sectors, healthcare, tech, clean energy, visitor economies, commercial real estate, and Impeller's easy-to-use feature allows you to get right to the deal. And I should say features, plural, because you can find insights like financials, company background, leadership performance needs, and you can make the informed decision when investing in Puerto Rico. Empower your investment portfolio with the opportunities the island has to offer as your go-to destination. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller. Set up your account today. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest. Puerto Rico.